Hey there, my name is Ben Ramos, and you are listening to the Rise Church Podcast. We are a church in southeastern Idaho that is dedicated to sound biblical theology, coupled with the authentic power of God. Our true hope is that this podcast would help you to continue to grow and taking steps in your relationship with Jesus. I hope you feel empowered today. I hope you feel encouraged today, and I hope you feel uplifted. God bless you. Enjoy the podcast. Yeah, today it wasn't supposed to rain, and then it did. Doesn't that sound like God, though, where something's not supposed to happen in your life, and then it does? But like in the good way, not the bad way, because the world, you know, we just, we see the bad. But when God does something, we're like, wait a minute. And he was telling me something. I'm going to get into the message. But uh, when he was telling me something, he, how many of us, we were praying for a solution, right? And... The solution's coming. The solution comes. And then the solution passes us by. And we didn't receive the solution because it didn't come in the package that we expected it to come in. Jesus came, but they didn't like the way the messenger came, so they missed the message. How many of us are missing a message because we don't like the messenger? Sometimes your answer is going to come in the form of people you don't like. Yep. Yep. We'll just let that one sit because that's uncomfortable. And you know what? It's happened to me, too. Plenty of times I said, God, why? And God said, why not? All right, Jesus. Uh, So uh, my name is Nick Bowes. I'm the associate pastor here at Rise Church. I just want to welcome you. If you're joining us here in person or online and it's your first time or you have got guts to come back, we appreciate you coming today and joining us. Um, As you've already heard, Pastor Ben is out this morning because he's not feeling good, and we've had multiple times of praying over him and praying for him, and I told him, if you're not here, like, you're some kind of sick for real, because he don't don't just miss church willy-nilly, like, he's here, and so, uh, yeah, Lord, thank you for him, Lord, and I just pray right now in Jesus' name that your spirit would fall fresh in that house, that your spirit would fall fresh upon his body right now, Lord, that you would uh, restore any temperature if he has some kind of fever. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus, and we just ask you and thank you in advance for having your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's the good stuff. So if you have your Bibles or an app or something... Um, And you could turn with me. We're going to be in the book of Exodus today. Uh, Chapter 1. Chapter 1. And as we're turning to that, I want to tell you something. Um, I don't know if you've heard this or if you're not sure or whatever the case. But uh, recently, we had a fellow brother in Christ go on to glory. And his name was Pastor Anthony Manzanares. Definitely a man of God. And... uh, When my family and I were first coming up, he was the first pastor that entrusted me to preach. He saw something in me that maybe I didn't even see in me at the time, but he saw something. And I distinctly remember um, there was a time where he brought myself and another man of God up there and, and he spoke to us and he gave me this rock. I still got it all these years later. And he held this up and he said, this represents the giants you're going to take down in your life. This represents the giants that are going to come against you, but they're going to fall because Christ is with you. And he said, one day, 
one day you're going to be a pastor. I don't know that I believe that. But I'm here right now as a pastor. That's crazy. That's crazy. So I just want to give honor to the Manzanares family and, and just a big thank you for nurturing us, for helping us in the rough times, uh, for, for at times being the sandpaper for us to help shape and mold us and teach us and raise us up and deal with some of our nonsense and our immaturity, right? And so uh, he was a great man of God. And it, it was just cool to see the transition in his, in his life. And because it's not how you start your race. Nobody cares about how you start. Your, it's how you finish your race. I heard a great preacher. He said that when you're born, you look like your parents. But when you die, you look like your decisions. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's wild. And so to watch him in the way he did and to keep the, the faith and to run it good. I'm like, hey, man, brother, I want some of that. I want some of that courage. And so we are in the book of Exodus today, chapter 1, starting at verse 1. I'm going to read this before we get right into the message. And it says, these are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob, each with his household, Reuben, Simon, Levi, and <clears throat> sorry, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan and Naphtali, Gad and Asher. All the descendants of Jacob were 70 persons. Joseph was already in Egypt. Then Joseph died, and all his brothers, and all that generation. But the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied and they grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. See, people die, but legacy lives on. People die, but legacy lives on. This Bible, I've said it before, this Bible right here was my grandma's. And there were seeds planted when I was young that I didn't really know anything about. I didn't really understand. And at times, to be honest, I didn't really like. I didn't want to hear about that because I didn't understand it. But legacy lives on even if the people that imparted the legacy pass on. Amen? We're going to leave a legacy. The question is, what kind of legacy are you going to leave? Because... The legacy you leave depends on the life you live. Amen? There are people in your life that you will never meet that are going to experience the fruits of your labor, and you don't even know it. Because you're planting seeds, and maybe you pass on. You don't hear the results of whatever it is you did or whoever it is you prayed for. But next thing you know, 30 years down the road, all of a sudden, they're up here talking about something that happened 30 years ago. And what if you're blessed enough to hear that? How cool is that? It's not about us, but God uses us as a vessel when we give him our yes. Amen? Because how you live matters. How you live matters. Let's, let's continue on. We're going to read uh, um, after verse 7. We're going to verse 8 through 12. The, sub, the, the subheading here says, Pharaoh oppresses Israel. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal with them shrewdly, lest they multiply. And if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. They built for Pharaoh store cities, Python and Ramses. Check this out. But the more they were oppressed 
the more they multiplied and the more they spread abroad. And the Egyptians, their enemy, were in dread of the people of Israel. I want to speak to you today on the subject of advancing through adversity. Do we have people in here that are going through some stuff? Yeah? Yeah, yeah, brother, raise a hand. It's all good. Listen, and you might be, well, everybody goes through stuff. I'm not talking about all the day-to-day stuff. I'm talking about the stuff that made you not want to get out of bed today, but you did. The stuff that makes you want to go home and throw in the towel. The stuff that you have to hide behind a smile because you don't want to let people in. The kind of stuff that you don't tell people. That's why we have some of the happiest people feeling the saddest because they project that. It's not that they're not happy people, but they don't know how to let that out. They don't know how to let that go. We need some people that are going to advance through adversity. The world just give up, throw in the towel, this and that. No, don't do that. Don't do that. See, that is our, ch- our chance to grow. See, I, I love that we have an opportunity in Christ that the world does not have. Although the world has opportunity to receive it, they, they don't. And they say, I don't want that. And then they search everywhere else. Well, I'm going to go to meditation. I'm going to go to yoga. I'm going to go to all these therapies. I'm not against counseling. I've been in counseling. But they're going all these places. You mentioned Jesus. They don't want to hear about that. But they still want to go over here. And they keep trying and getting nowhere. And then they tell you, I've tried it all. Have you? Have you tried it all? I don't want religion. Well, you want solution, though, don't you? Well, I don't want organized religion. Have you been anywhere that's disorganized? Because that's a mess. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm just saying when they say that, they're saying they don't want Jesus. They don't want the church. Jesus came that we may have life and life more abundant, right? We're not called to restrain the spirit, but we've done that. We've built up these little things we do in church and we have all this stuff. And and if we get out of pocket, you know, we're like, oh, and we get all nervous in some kind of way. But what about when you let God move? What about when you let God do stuff? We saw that in the 1900s, early 1900s. We had all these preachers that didn't believe in the move of God. They didn't believe in speaking in tongues. They didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And some of them snuck by night like Nicodemus to Jesus. And they went to these conferences and they got lit ablaze in the name of Jesus. Some of them got kicked out of their churches. Some of them went and started churches because they said, my God, he moves today. And they woke up dead churches. Amen. Some of us need to wake up because we just we feel some kind of way and we're sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. And so we would just want to sit down and take it. And the enemy wants us to talk out faith and not walk out faith. The church doesn't need to be full of seminary students and theologians. Keep it simple. God moves. Let him move. Stop with the what ifs. There's some of us in here. We're advancing in the face of adversity and some of us. We have. We've overcome. We're out on the other side, and we need some people that, that are coming through. We need to go back and be an encourager. Yeah, brother, but my life, I want to hear about your life. They need encouragement. Go encourage them. God's going to work out the rest. That's what we have grace for. That's what we have grace for. There's some people that are stuck. They don't know how to get out, and they come here. They come to other churches. They come to places, and they sit in the chair Sunday after Sunday, and they're like, yeah, God might do that, but he doesn't do it for me. God might do that, but I haven't seen it. And so the understanding that you haven't seen it translates into he won't do it, translates into I'm not worth it, translates into I, I, I'm living in some kind of sin, I'm doing some kind of thing. He caught me in sin, 
brought me out, sanctified me, filled me with the Holy Ghost, and told me that I was blood-bought in my sin. Don't clean up to come to church. Come to church how you are, and then the gospel will transform you into something different. Amen? See, there's a pressure that produces progress, a progress that can only be initiated through pressure. It's, it's like a diamond, right? It's only through fire and pressure that a diamond becomes what a diamond is. There's some progress that can only come through pressure. The various trials you go through for the testing of the faith. It's never fun. It's not enjoyable. But it's a pressure that can produce progress. Some of us will not become who we are intended to become until we allow the pressure to progress us into the next season of our life. Someone say amen. Because that's what that is. That's an amen statement. Because I'm like, God, if you're going to do this, use this so we can go forward. Because I want to be everything you want me to be. I don't care about the mansion and the big car and all that stuff that we hear talked about and, and associated sometimes with the American church. I don't care nothing about that. Clean up my heart. Give me peace where I lack peace. Because if I, can, if I can get clarity and I can get filled up and I can have peace, he said that he supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen? The enemy doesn't want you to become who you are supposed to be because when you find out who God has made you to be and you pursue it in spite of the pressure and the adversity and the oppression, the enemy is going to begin to fear you like Pharaoh feared the Egyptians. The people, not the Egyptians. We're given this unique ability in Christ, right, to be afflicted but not affected. Afflicted but not affected. You need to write that down because a lot of people are being afflicted and affected. It's not that you're never, never affected. I've been affected plenty of times. And there's plenty of things you'll never know about me because it's just what it is. It's between me, my God, my family. It's just, it is what it is. But, but check this out. See, what God starts, the devil can't stop. What God starts, the devil can't stop. Uh, what we are... The ones that tend to get in the way of the plan. But the Bible says we're called to co-labor with Christ. We sit around and debate it. Don't debate it. Don't debate it. See, we see the problem. The solution's Jesus. Don't reject the answer because it came in a package you didn't accept. That you didn't like. I need you to sign for that package. Amen? When Paul's speaking of persecution and, and, and the persecution they're facing in their ministry, he said in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We're afflicted in every way, but not affected. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. We're perplexed, but we're not affected. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. This encourages me because essentially what he is telling the church is you can also be effective in the midst of affliction. How many people keep pushing when problems keep coming? I do. I do. I've seen too much. I've seen too much. I've went through too much. There's no plan B. You can't turn back now. I'm in it. I don't do this for fun. I don't do this because it's a title. I don't do this because I have an office. I do this because I had an encounter with God and it changed my life. I don't go to church. I became the church. That's what the Bible says. He says, you are the church. Everywhere you go, you're a letter to be read by all men. And I preached a message, and I said, what does your letter say? When people see you, what's your letter say? 
You can get caught off on a bad day. I get it. Okay? That happens. But just remember, you can be effective in the midst of affliction. Moses was affected even though he was afflicted afflicted. Jesus was affected even though he was afflicted. In fact, the Bible says he was faithful even unto death on a cross. He finished the mission, and we too, we can finish the mission. Amen? So you're like, well, cool. Why are you telling me all that? Why are you yelling at me with that microphone? I'll tell you why I'm yelling at you with this microphone. Because the Bible says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. What you know matters. What you believe matters. Let me take another couple of verses here. We're going to go to Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 1. All scriptures that I naturally didn't give Miss Wendy, uh, so no pressure. (laughs) That's that's on me. But the, the heading says, Saul ravages the church. And Saul approved of his execution, speaking of Stephen, Stephen. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentations over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Verse 4, this is, this is it right here. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Didn't you get in trouble for preaching the word? Yeah. So what are you doing? Preaching the word? My God. (laughs) You didn't learn? No. No, I didn't learn. Because I had an encounter. When you have an encounter, there's not a lesson in the world that the world can teach you that's going to make you take away the Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you're like, yeah, but if you go to jail, brother, and you got to respect authority... I remember when Paul and Silas went to jail, messed around and praised God in the midnight hour and and shook the foundations of the prison and got the staff and their family saved. Because you decide, should I listen to man or should I listen to God? Because I'm listening to God. The apostles said that when they were pulled in by the religious leaders. So you better quit talking about Jesus. Mm, you decide who I should listen to, but I'm not going to stop preaching Jesus. I'm not going to stop doing it because Jesus is a show and tell kind of Jesus. Amen. He's a show and tell kind of Jesus. And we can't sit around and just keep talking about him and not see nothing with him. Jesus show everybody in this church. We're a Pentecostal church. Amen. People in this church have experienced radical outpourings of God in their life, in the people's lives around them, and they got a hold of something. And so the goal is, I I want you to get what I got, right? The Bible would call that impartation, right? They laid hands on them. They they spoke it out. They prophesied. They did all kinds of stuff. They They told people, turn from the way you're living. Repent of your sin. Why'd that become a cuss word in the church? Turn from it, okay? It's not religion. He loves you. That's what the grace is. You can't join a church. You have to be born into it. Born again, spirit-filled. Opposition is just opportunity in disguise. It's just opportunity in disguise. Opposition is just sitting there and it's hoping that it can convince you this is where you stop. This is where you stop. Don't do it anymore because it's not working. Job had friends that said, don't do it anymore. It's not working. Stop doing that. You're sinning against God. When people were disabled in the, old te- or in, in the Bible back in those days, a lot of people attributed it to sin. 
because of Old Testament stuff, right? And they asked Jesus, well, who sinned, him or his parents, right? Because the man was blind. He said none. But this is for the glory of God. Some things happen, but God can fix it. I just got a few more minutes here. Here's the thing. This is going to take us dying to ourselves. Ooh, that's easier said than done. Am I lying? It's easier said than done. Uh, because here's the thing. Life is found through death. It is, right? It is. Now, in the world, that's like, well, that's stupid. What do you mean? I'm not in the world. I'm of it or of it, in it. You know what I'm saying, okay? I'm in this world. I'm not of this world. You know what I'm saying, okay? But here's the thing. It's, it's death to your flesh. We have to die to our old way of thinking, die to our old way of speaking, die to our old way of living, because Paul said it perfect, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Mm. Jesus said in Luke 9, 23 and 25, he said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. This is a daily battle. This is a daily struggle. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to do all that. But here's the thing. Don't get talked out of who you know you are in Christ. Because the world wants to tell you. See? See? You made a mistake. See? And when you don't know who you are, when you're not rooted, you start believing that nonsense. It's not that it's not true, but it doesn't disqualify you from being a Christian. That's the point. You, he said, if anyone, right, deny yourself. We got a lot of us picking up crosses and not denying ourselves. You can't have it both ways. For whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and only forfeits himself? In a world that constantly tells us to focus on ourselves, we have to remember that our main focus is supposed to be on Christ. Because when we focus on Christ and he's at the center that enables and empowers us to advance through adversity. That empowers us. So now when we come to church, we don't. How did I say it last? Religion says you have to. Relationship says you get to. I come to church because I want to. I do this because I want to. I love this. I want people to get a hold of this. And you're like, listen, it's rough, guys. I know it's rough. It's hard. I know it's hard. I don't fit in. People always look at me weird and always say this and that. And you always listen to your worship music and what kind of nonsense. And I don't want to hear that. You need to turn that down in public because I'm offended from seven tables away. <laughs> what? I'm offended that you're offended. So it cancels it out and we're good, right? Okay. <laughs> but here's the thing. We're called to a different life. Right? And whatever has the ability to distract you also has the ability to destroy you. Don't let the affairs of this world be your concern more than being concerned with the affairs of God. Kids, you guys have it harder than I could even imagine. <laughs> I'm just pointing to some random. You guys too, girl, but I know it. Y'all... We have kids that are just, they're, they're coming to church, 
and this and that. And I used to go to church with my aunt. I couldn't spend the night unless I went to church the next day, and it drove me nuts. But she planted seeds. Legacy. She planted seeds. Be the leader you're called to be. Be. The Bible says, I think it's in 1 John 4, 8, that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. We, too, called to be in his image and likeness, have come to destroy the works of the devil, among other things. So I just, I want to leave that with you today. We're going to be wrapping this up. I want to leave that with you today, and I want you to ask yourself, what do I need to die to? Because we all need to die to something. Because Paul said he dies daily, which tells me if I'm saying I got nothing to die to, then Paul's a liar or something. And so I just want you to think about it because all these years, all the stuff, everything that's gone on, I still got this rock. That's crazy. And I lose everything. <laughs> I lost my AirPods today on the way to church. <laughs> I lose everything, but I got this rock. And it reminds me that giants don't stop coming, but we are empowered and equipped to overcome. Amen? Amen. So if y'all will stand, it looks like as the worship team is coming up. Um, yeah, go on, sneak up here, girl. Let's do it. We are, uh, if you guys are willing and able, <laughs> please stand. <laughs> My kids are laughing at me. Come on. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to pray. We're going to pray. Here's the thing. I don't even know what song they're going to play, but God does, and that's what matters. I want to invite you to give, give it all to God. Give it all to God, because I would hate to see you sitting in that chair, sitting at home, sitting wherever you're sitting, and allowing anxieties and fears and all these different things to keep you from the fullness of God. It's not about a show. It's about heart connection with the Lord. That's what it's about. It's what it's always supposed to have been about. Jesus didn't die so we can sit and feel dead. He died so that we could have life and life more abundant. Amen? Amen. So as they're beginning to uh, play these songs, I, I just, again, I want to encourage you, Lord, what do I need to die to? Lord, what do you want to do in me? What do you want to do to me? What do you want to do through me? Lord, help me with the pressures of the people around me. Help me uh, in my school. My God. Lord, we just come against anxiety right now in the name of Jesus. Over every person in here, over every person that's online, over all the kids in here, the pressures of this world are trying to break them, but we come against that and we cancel that out in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit of the living God, fall fresh in this place today. Help us to no longer be slaves to fear, but remind us that we are children of God. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for those that came here today that were just expecting church as usual because we serve an unusual God. And I pray today for the desires of their heart, for the hurt in their heart to be addressed today in this place in the name of Jesus, God. I pray right now for those. I feel like there's people that wake up at night gasping for air. 
I've been one of those people. At times, I still am one of those people, and I want to pray over you, and I want to declare restoration in your breathing in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that those who have had unforgiving hearts towards people, God, I pray that you would genuinely help them to see those people how you see those people. Lord, I pray for hurting hearts today, God. I pray for loss of loved ones today, Lord, that you would restore the hope that was lost. That you would help them not to feel like this is it. This is the end. And then they become a shell of their former self. We come against that in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray over families who are struggling with direction in their life, who are feeling like they're drowning. I thank you that you have made them for such a time as this. And what's going on in their life, it's not an accident. You empowered them to get through this stuff, Lord, to co-labor, God. Mm. I pray right now also for... Um, I feel like there's a, what's the word? Like you're, you're lacking blood flow through your body. I feel like a lot of it's in the legs. I could be wrong and it goes numb. And I just, I stand here and I say no in Jesus name. Lord, have your way. Hey, thanks again for tuning in with us today. I really do hope and pray that this message has been transformative in your life to help you to take steps in relationship with Jesus. If this has been a blessing to you, there are several things you could do in order to give honor where honor is due. Uh, we would love if you would give us a like, go ahead and give us a subscribe, go ahead and share us, tag us, uh, quote us, do all of those things in your social media feeds. We would be so blessed by that. If you have any more questions or need any more information about who we are, what we believe, or if you'd like to give towards the forwarding of ministry here through Rise Church, you can do so at www.risechurchid.org. God bless. Have a great week.